Live from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. Nate Champion was a cowhand who rode against the flow in a corner of Wyoming near the town of Buffalo. He ran his own outfit and did not affiliate with the cattle barons who monopolized the state. So the cattle kings came calling with 20 hired guns. On the train from Cheyenne, they snuck in before the sun. They called Nate a nester, and they called him worse. A cattle-thieving cowboy with his hand inside their purse. And then they pinned Nate down In a cabin at the KC About 50 miles from town With the cabin blazing Nate had to force his hand Then 27 bullets Sent him to the promised land Sheriff Angus and his posse Rushed from the county seat Surrounding the attackers And blocking their retreat Days later in the standoff The cavalry saved the day Liberating the conspirators And hustling them away And here's one for Nate Champion, may the good Lord rest his soul. Tennessee on this St. Patrick's Day. I'm your host, Gary Holt. Joining me in Albuquerque, New Mexico, is our co-host, Miss Bobby Bell. Good morning, Bobby. Good morning, Gary, and happy St. Patrick's Day to you. Well, happy St. Patrick's Day to you, and by the way, we open that with the Ballad of Nate Champion by our friends in Canada, Cowboy Celtic. So, are you all geared up for St. Patty's Day. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I've been listening right to Cowboy Celtic. I think I've been listening to Cowboy Celtic in the home, in our home, and in our car. You know, they have a bunch of albums for the last month, and I did two of my other radio shows, totally um, of Irish music. So yes, I'm I'm ready. We're having corned beef and and cabbage tonight. Jim is Jim has got the recipe out, and he's got all the ingredients with some. With some Irish cream in the coffee, so yeah, we're we're ready. <laughs> sounds like it. It sounds like it. So you don't have any Irish blood in you? No, unfortunately, I do not. My husband has Scottish blood, but no, right. unfortunately, I'm English and French and German mostly. All right. Well, I'm on uh, my mother's side, Scott Irish, and on my uh-huh. daddy's side, Cherokee and English. Uh-huh. Don't want to get us drinking because you know how the Indians are when they don't much to drink. But anyway, we have a great show lined up today. And who are our first guests today on the Campfire Cafe? If you could just see the smile on my face, we're so excited that Ranger Doug and Too Slim from Riders in the Sky are joining us in just a couple minutes. <laughs> All right, we're excited to visit with them, and we'll find out whether they have any Irish in them or not. But um, in the second hour of the show, you know, Road to the Horse is taking place next week in the Kentucky Horse Park in Lexington, mm-hmm. Kentucky. And so they have four top competitors that will be vying for over $100,000 in prize money. And one of those competitors is Mr. Glenn Stewart traveling all the way down from Canada to vie for top honors. So we're going to be talking with Glenn a little bit later on Saddle of America. But right now, let's listen to a great song from Riders in the Sky. It's one called We're Burning Moonlight. When we come back, we'll be talking with Ranger Doug and Too Slim today on the Campfire Cafe. I got my fiddle. I got my bow, I got my squeeze box set to go. Hey, let's put on a cowboy show. We're burning moonlight. A desert stage is all we need. A cactus and some tumbleweed. A swinging, swaying, trusty steam. We're burning moonlight. At the end of every day, folks come round to hear us play. Hot licks keep the blues away. Arch guitar, syncopated 16 bar, topped off with an evening star. We're burning moonlight. Let's 
keep the blues away Fiddles, keys, and moonlight Add some bass and arch guitar Sixteen sisters syncopated b-b-bar Top it with an evening star Wood burning moonlight We're burning moonlight Welcome back to the award-winning Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. That was We're Burning Moonlight, performed by Riders in the Sky from their album, 40 Years of the Cowboy Way. We are so glad you tuned in for today's show. Joining us are two of the performers from the four-piece legendary Western band, Riders in the Sky, to Slim and Ranger Doug. November 11, 2022 will mark another milestone in this band's extraordinary history, recording, touring, and performing on stage, screen, and radio for 45 years. Presenting their unique brand of musicianship, humor, and entertaining stage presence to audiences of all ages, any Riders in the Sky performance of Western music is rooted in the past yet reinterpreted for today with high energy, superior musicality, wacky humor, and way out Western wit. Together, this award-winning foursome, Joey the Cowpoke King, Woody Paul, Ranger Doug, and Too Slim harmonize like brothers and encourage buckaroos and buckarettes to live life the cowboy way. And to Western fashion fans everywhere, perhaps they'll answer my main question today, where to get those shirts? <laughs> Please welcome to Campfire Cafe, members of the Grand Old Opry, two-time Grammy Award winners, hosts of Sirius Radio XM's Classic Cowboy Corral, and two of America's favorite cowboys, the bass player in the enormous God-given hat, wearing an even bigger grin, too slim, and governor of the great state of rhythm, Ranger Doug. Welcome, you two saddle pals. <laughs> Thank you, Bobby. Well, thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you, Bobby. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here. (laughs) Well, it's good to have you guys with us. I can recall, uh, Ranger Doug, you were on the show one time, and Bobby had done her introduction. You made the statement then that uh, uh, Eddie Stubbs was going to do your eulogy. But if something happened to him, Bobby Jean was next. So, okay. <laughs> uh, that was quite, about quite an introduction. Years, yeah, yeah. Let's put that off as long as possible. So, forty-five years. You guys must have been what seven, eight years old when you got started. Something like that. Yeah. Something yeah, like that. Yeah. Emotionally, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I've got to ask, and I think we've asked this before when you've been on the show, but how did the two of you meet? Because I think you guys really were the the uh, nucleus of the group. How did the two of you meet? I think uh, you want to, want to answer that, Ranger Doug, or you want me to? Oh, well, you tell it so well. Go ahead. <laughs> well, um, okay. Um uh, I moved to Nashville to be a. Uh, you want the real story or you want the fake story? You want the real story. Uh, whatever you're comfortable with. Whatever you're. Yeah, whatever with. you. We we met on eHarmony.com. <laughs> I, I, 
guys with big hats seeking guys with big hats, and I swiped right, okay. and there was Ranger Dog. So. Oh, well. <laughs> At least it wasn't Tinder. Uh, you know, I've heard. Not necessary. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. But what actually happened is that I moved to Nashville to be a songwriter in 1972 and happened to move in next door to Ranger Dog. Oh, wow. And, uh, and he was out playing in his yard with his two little girls who were then two years old and four years old. And, uh, and he was playing catch with them and he had a Detroit Tigers hat on, which intrigued me because I'm a lifelong Detroit Tigers fan. So I went out All and right. uh, we started talking and he knew who Al Kaline was and, and uh, it was the basis of a friendship that started that day and has continued to wow. until this interview. Wow. 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 Well, I hope we don't change Have anything we, with the interviewer. <laughs> he, Ranger Doug was playing. Uh, he was a playing. He was working at the Country Music Hall of Fame, and he as an oral historian, and and plus he was playing with everybody in the world that he could. He played with Bill Monroe and Jimmy Martin, and he was he was playing bluegrass and stuff, and was talking about having his own band, and and so we we seemed to hit it off and and started playing music together in one form or another. Wow. So Ranger Doug, where was the first place that you played together? Well, uh, you know, I, I really couldn't say because we played in a bunch of little pickup bands and jug bands and bluegrass bands together. The first yeah. place that Riders in the Sky played was Herr Harry's Frankenstein's November 11th, 1977. That's where the magic began. Wow. 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 Yeah. Well, yeah. I think. Ranger it's... Doug. Excuse me, Harry. Uh, uh, Gary. <laughs> I, Go ahead, uh, Mary. I wanted to say that, that the Ranger Doug really, Ranger Doug had the the um, the idea. I mean, he he was the one that said we let's do cowboy music, and he had seen the Sons of Pioneers um, do a live show at uh, some place in Kansas City or something earlier, and and he was uh, he was just struck and blown away by the by the, the poetry of the songs and the, the great musicality and the fabulous harmonies and stuff. And, and so he was, he said, I want to try and do that. And, and I could sing some and I could play some. So uh, I became part of it. And, and he started playing these Bob Nolan songs for me. And I was just like blown away. Like I know a wow. lot of songs, but I had never heard any of these songs before. And it was this whole world uh, open to me and, and nobody was, was recreating this music or, or advancing this music in any way. It was sort of forgotten. And, uh, yeah. and plus there was room for me to do jokes. There was a whole tradition of, of funny bass players, which I fit right into. So um, <laughs> it, that, that was the, that was kind of the beginning. Oh, wow. wow. In, a, oh. In, a mem- in, a, in a memory that I read, I think online, you talk about that night um, November 11th, and you make a reference that it was a little bit like the voice. Was it Ranger Doug? You started yodeling, and and some guys at the bar like turned around on their bar stools. You finally got their attention. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think they were not sober enough to completely get their attention. Wow. So in that in that same. Can I just ask one quick question? Yeah, go ahead. In that same memory, I think, um, Too Slim, you might have written this memory. You guys blog so well. But you 
actually listed your playlist. Do you keep track of your playlist for every performance that you do? No. Okay. No. <laughs> we have we have we have scraps of them, you know, from Woody has a, a a list that he keeps in his fiddle case of like three hundred songs that we've done and oh, wow. he goes back and, and he'll say a title and sometimes we're like, Are you sure? Did we do a song that was called like was that had that title and, and so yeah. But but we never like organized yeah. we were not okay. that organized. <laughs> So this is a song yeah, dedicated the... for Miss Bobby, and this is one oh. called Old, Old New Mexico, and we're going to listen mm-hmm. to that and come back and talk more with Sue Slim and Ranger Doug today on the Campfire okay. Cafe. Big sky, bright stars, pinion. Pines on the breeze, sweet memory of old New Mexico. All pines on the timber line where the San Juan River flows. Reasons to go to old New Mexico. Campfire at twilight As the sun goes to rest once again Moonlight and starlight And I still hear your name in the wind Blue sky, blue eyes The call of the canyon afar I'll follow a star To old Mexico an original by Douglas B. Green and co-written with Hubert Hoot 
Hester from their album, 40 Years at Cowboy Way. So, gentlemen, um, there's a couple things that I see coming up. Ranger Doug, you have a birthday in two days. So uh, three days, enough, three do. days. Mm-hmm. Do you have any big, any big birthday plans that you can share? Uh, no, not really. Uh, <laughs> I think the kids are uh, the kids that live in town, and the grandkids are going to uh, meet for a little afternoon uh, repast, and then uh, uh, we've been invited to a little Irish concert that night, so I'll probably go out oh, there. Fun. And then you all are getting on a cruise ship and yes. leaving, I, I think it's March 26th. So, gentlemen, how did this come about, and what do you anticipate your cruise cruise uh, adventure will be like? Well, we've, we've done, this is a country music cruise, and uh, we've done, I don't know, seven or eight cruises um, as as a band, and um, and they're really fun you know there so i think we have to do like three shows and uh meet and greets and and autograph sessions and like that and uh and then spend a lot of time by the pool and and it's a it's a rough life the at the bar rough at life. the bar and the buffet <laughs> so, so, so so yeah so yeah it's a, yeah, well, I think we're part of the grand old. Where there's a one show, one night of the on the cruise where it's uh, Opry night, a night at the Opry, and and we're going to be part, a part of that because we're you know members of the Opry. So I think that probably had something to do with with why we were uh, asked to be on the cruise. But it'll be fun. So when you when you pack for a cruise, do you pack yeah. any differently? You know, do you take different kinds of things with you than you than you take when you're you know on on the road? Are we going to see you in you know really cool Hawaiian cowboy surfing shirts and you know and shorts, or are, are will you be you know will you be dressed um, in your traditional wonderful Western style? I will be personally. I will be dressed in my wonderful traditional style for the shows, and the rest of the time, honey, I've been shopping. I got a I got a, a Robin's egg blue sport coat. I got linen pants. I got some new oh. shoes and a belt. Man, I'm I'm gonna be styling. I look like a retired uh. stockbroker. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll will you always have your cac your cacti on too slim? Will that be you know part of your daily wardrobe? I think that would be. I'll save that for the show. <laughs> you know, I think that, I think you don't want to you don't want to give them the whole load right right at once. <laughs> So oh, I think that would fun. be, although it is green, it's perfect for today, you know, it's St. Patrick's yeah. Day, so it's it's, yeah. it's the perfect accessory for today, certainly. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be wearing shorts, you know, my legs are, are always get a lot of comments, so I think I'll, uh, I'll be wearing shorts. <laughs> <laughs> so fun. The chicks seem to love so them, that's fun. all I know. So we're going to see a lot of pictures on uh, Instagram and um, and Facebook of, of of too slim gone Caribbean style. You know, I don't do Facebook or Instagram, and I don't know anything about it. But if there's if there may be people doing that, I'm not sure. I don't I don't I don't swim in that particular ocean. <laughs> oh, how fun! What a great time! 
And now, you didn't ask Doug what Ranger, you didn't ask Ranger Doug what he was wearing. Well, yeah. I I since he didn't jump in right away, I you know I <laughs> was gonna I was You're going to leave leave that to him to, to decide if he You're wanted to share that. <laughs> well, I uh, like Slim on stage. I plan to uh, be the idol of American youth, and then uh, <laughs> uh, by the pool, I will show off my fabulous aged physique, <laughs> well aged. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how fun. Oh, gosh. Hey, let's get to another song. And I was not sure about this one. I have uh, I have five granddaughters. Uh, I have two daughters. I have two stepdaughters that live with me. And I have a wife. So what is that, about nine or ten or something like that, women? And, Man. Uh, and I was not sure whether I wanted to play this or not. But I've got no use for the women. And how did this song come about, by the way? Well, it's a classic uh, old, one of the great old-time cowboy tunes from before the turn of the last century. Uh, it probably was a, a cowboy poem, and then uh, some other, uh, somebody else put it to music, and it's been recorded since the 20s. Uh, oh, Side Meat wow. found it, I think, uh, while he was cooking it and uh, at the back of the line shack there looking for some beans. And uh, he found a, an old time disc by Mark Williams and he played it All and right. said, I've got to learn that song. All right. Well, this, this is too much fun. And so for all of the women out there, I mean nothing by this, but it's called, I've got no use for the women riders in the sky. One, two, one, two, three. I've got no use for the women Hard to what can seldom be found They stick by a man for his money And when it's gone they'll turn him down They're all alike at the bottom Selfish and grasping for all They stick by a man for his money And laugh in his face at his fall now my pal was an honest young puncher Honest and upright and true But he turned to a gun-toting gambler On account of the scale named Lou He fell in with evil companions The kind that is better off dead And when a gambler insulted her picture He filled him full all through the long night they trailed him Through mesquite and high chaparral And I couldn't help think of that woman When I saw him pitch and fall For if she'd been the pal that she should have They might have been raising the sun Instead of out there on the prairie To die by a ranger's gun but death's sharp sting did not trouble His chances of life were too slim And where they was laying his body It was all that worried him He raised himself on his elbow 
The blood from his wounds flowed red He looked at his friends there around him And he whispered to us and he said Boys, bury me out on the prairie Where the coyotes can howl o'er my grave Bury me out on the prairie But from them my bones please save Wrap me up in my blanket And lower me down in the ground And cover me over with boulders Of granite big and round So we buried him out on the prairie Where the coyotes can howl o'er his grave And his soul is now there resting From the unkind cuts he gave And many another cowpuncher As he rides past that big pile of stones Recalls some similar woman And envies his moldering bones. (laughs) I've got no use for the women, Riders of the Sky. And uh, our special guests today are Too Slim and Ranger Doug from Riders of the Sky. One of the things that has impressed me so much, I, I... by the way, I saw you guys on uh, Bill Cody's show a couple of weeks ago, and uh, just just always too much fun to see you guys performing together, whatever the venue is. So that was that was a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, Bill's my a great question guy. was, yeah, he is, he is. Um, my question though was regarding the Grand Ole Opry. So many people that have been inducted over the years, but do you remember who invited you to become members of the Grand Ole Opry? And do you remember what it was like to stand in that circle for the first time? Doug, maybe you might want to talk about that. Well, literally, uh, Hal Durham, who is the uh, who is the Opry manager at the time, invited us. Uh, okay. And the first time we played, I think, was 1979 which was a mighty big thrill. And uh, Tubb was the guy who introduced us uh, formally from the stage on uh, June 19th, 1982. Wow. 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 Well, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't used to be, they didn't used to um, have the, uh, uh, it's changed some. They, they've sort of made it a bigger deal when when you're asked to, uh, and then they post. Then you're not not inducted for, um, you know, weeks and months later. But we we were uh, we had we had guested on the show like 25 or 30 times, so right. so we knew that, and they knew that it worked. So and we were so different than than anybody else, you know, mm-hmm. that was on the show. We didn't have hit records, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> We, we we looked different, we sounded different, and we were funny, and and um, and and we were not you know competing with anybody else. So it was, and it was sort of in the the Opry tradition to have an acoustic uh, band, a wacky acoustic band, which is was our role and still is. Wow, we're playing there this weekend. Wow. So how many Opry shows have you done so far? Well, 
About 2,000. Oh, wow. Wow. Don't laugh. I'm serious. Wow. Well, you you kind of host a segment of the show too, don't you? Well, they we have they sort of quit doing that lately. Oh, really? Yeah. After the after yeah. the pandemic, they kind of changed the the format a little bit. So they have a, the announcer introduces the act, and okay. and then uh, you do your bit, and then the announcer takes you off, and 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 then you're done. So okay. All the all the all the byplay stuff that I used to do with Eddie Stubbs and all that clowning around and stuff is uh, is, is that's gone. Wow. Well, that's a shame. And you know we're losing too many of our traditions uh, in the country music world and the Western music world. And uh, you were talking about Ernest Stubb just a minute ago, and of course everybody has seen where they're closing that and selling the building. Um, we need. To, yep. I think. I think we need to hold on to some of these traditions, don't you guys? Go ahead, that Ranger. would be an historian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I mean, change is inevitable, so you know we just stick with what we do, and uh, I'm glad people still like it. Well, mm-hmm. they do. They love what you do. Mm-hmm. They love what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and, and, and you know. It, with young people, uh, with, with young folks coming up and then music that they like, like and, and music that they hear at an important part of their life, you know, that's just the way we were, you know, with, when we were that age. So, so it's sort of their turn, and they'll, they'll make it what they will, and, and some of it is so great, you know, and, the, and some of yeah. the players and singers and, and songs are so good. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that's, that's not um, palatable to me. <laughs> <laughs> there was back then. There was. I mean, I don't look back and say everything was great because it wasn't. You know. So um, hopefully the good stuff stays around and and permutates and and finds its way to the top, just like it always has. That's. I'm sort mm-hmm. of an optimist in that way. But man, the real estate well, downtown Nashville is so expensive now that no wonder that uh, the record shop has to go away. I mean, it's so, it's, it's a different world down there. So, yeah. It is sure a different is. world. It is a different world. Here's something that doesn't go away, and that's Riders in the Sky and their great music. And this is one called Old Showboat. We'll be back in just a minute. <laughs> I blew into Dallas. Feeling kind of low I thought I'd make me a bit of change At the rodeo I heard the line boss saying You ornery cowboy A 15 bills to any man Who can ride showboat Who can ride showboat Showboat, showboat You old cuss, you old cuss I'm gonna ride you or I'll bust Watch him chain, watch him chain, turn him loose, that old cayuse, I'm gonna ride. They put me in the saddle, the reins were in my hand. Then I saw her sitting there, watching from the stand. She was kind of pretty, a blonde with big blue eyes. I could see it hurt her so to see me have to ride, to see me have to ride. 
cuss. That old cuss. I'm gonna ride him or I'll bust. Hold the rain. Hold the rain. Watch him change. Watch him change. Turn him loose. That guy used. I'm gonna ride. He fucked me once a-running. Then he looked me in the eye. I slid down around his neck, reaching for the sky. Then he sent me flying like a little bird. Lord, I think when I came down, I ate ten pounds of dirt. Ate ten pounds of dirt. Showboat, showboat, you old cuss, you old cuss. I'm gonna ride you or I'll bust. Hold the rain, hold the rain. Ain't it a shame? Ain't it a shame? That guy you done throwed me loose and broke my leg. my nurse. She fixed me up with patches and love I thought was free. Till she said, now cowboy, you're gonna marry me. Gonna marry me. Showboat, showboat. You old cuss. You old cuss. You done fixed me up much worse. Just hold the reins. Hold the reins. Ain't it a shame. Ain't it a shame. I'm getting married. And oh, showboat, you're to blame. a new album are you working on anything it's been almost five years since this one was released that's very true well Ranger Doug has some great new songs so perhaps hopefully in the sometime near future we can make that wish come true we need we need a new album <laughs> <laughs> I agree well we I agree I, we've had 40 of them so <laughs> there's plenty of our music oh wow there. I wanted um, I want our listeners to know a little something else that you both do which is classic cowboy corral you are certainly no strangers to radio why don't you tell us a little bit about this program and how you put it together and where they can hear it well uh, I got the idea many years ago because there was a cowboy show on Sunday morning on XM radio and they played about the same artists and many of the same songs week after week after week. 
And I said, somebody needs to do a show of the really the, the good old stuff, you know, the Gene and Roy and Tex and Rex and Carson Robinson and all the all the uh, artists that built this business, the Sons of the Pioneers, and all through the spectrum of years, you know, from the 20s to the 60s, or even even to contemporary, because we play a little bit of contemporary music, but the whole emphasis is historical. So what I do is sit here at my little computer like I am right now, and I have a huge thousands of songs in there, and I make a list, and I do it 12 times, and then we have a show. Then I put it on discs and give it to Joey, and he, uh, you know, gets the sound even and, and takes the scratches out, and then... Uh, Side Meat and I uh, go on up to Ohio, where Joey lives now and has his studio, about once every three or four months, and uh, record those shows. Just sitting in a little room and uh, looking at each other and making each other laugh. And you can find it on <laughs> Sirius XM Channel 59. That's Willie's Roadhouse, Friday night after the Grand Ole Opry, Saturday night before the Grand Ole Opry, and Sunday morning, bright and early, depending on your time zone. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. <laughs> it's so fun. It is fun. <clears throat> it's really I, I, fun. I um, yeah, sure it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, yes, and, and yes, side, side meat. Yeah, yeah I, so, um, I'm glad that Bobby's here because Bobby is kind of a sidekick. And uh, <laughs> you got to have a sidekick in the show. you got to have a yes. sidekick that, that uh, keeps the ball rolling. And speaks gibberish. Bobby. Yes, and side meat. Um, where does he find his recipes? He uh, he. Uh, well, I've I've uh, I'm what you call an, an improv artist when it comes to recipes. <laughs> I I use whatever's whatever's laying around the camp. Like like say. Uh, Yesterday, uh, it was springtime. There was a snake crawling through the uh, <laughs> the campsite, and he became the stew. Now, this was this was a generic snake. This was not a designer snake, and uh, and so I, I felt uh, the boy after you know twelve or fifteen hours, you can't tell the difference. So, uh, and, and my motto is, if they're hungry enough, they'll eat it. So that's uh, that's that's, well, that's, that's that's how I've uh, achieved the great culinary uh, um, uh, standing that I have. Well, side meat, I'd really love to see you as one of those chefs on some of these, you know, competition shows where, you know, they oh. they have to run and grab their ingredients and they're given some little direction. And you know, I just think side meat. You know, you need to be on one of those, <laughs> those competitions. You're exactly right, Bobby. I could you submit more. my name? Would you submit my name and also find out if there's a monetary uh, component of that? And I would uh, be delighted to be there. But it, it's not fair because I have 100 years' experience of cooking. And some of these whippersnappers, you know, they're 25 years old. What do they know? They don't know nothing. <laughs> I cooked under every kind of condition, rain, sleet, hail, earthquake, hurricane, everything. I just get the meals come out right on time. <laughs> I like seeing them do that. Well, 
You, we do know that that you know how to cook everything, and I think Gary, do you do you have a song about side meat cooking? I just may have a song about that. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a that's kind of honor for me to. Yeah, just sing on the writer's kinda, album there. Well, it's, yeah, let's let's kind of take a listen to that thing. You know, it's kind of making me <laughs> think about uh, rattlesnake. You know, that's pretty good. Uh-huh. Oh, that's good. Uh-huh. That tastes like chicken. Yeah. Now I can't stand every cow camp from here to Kathmandu. I filled the plates of kings and queens and hungry buckaroos. Oh, I've sliced it. I've diced it. I've turned it on a spit. Oh, I roasted and toasted and boiled and poached and tenderized a bit. Oh, but do I use a recipe? To fulfill my gourmet plan, oh, I have cooked near everything that's found in this here land. I've cooked everything, man. I've cooked everything, man. I made them cowpokes sing, man. I made that dinner bell ring, man. I got plenty more hash to sling, man. Hell, I've cooked everything. Chop, veal, chop, chop, steak, abalone, pizza, pasta, portobello, frappelloni, green beans, pole beans, lima beans, ratatouille, walleye, fried pie, coleslaw, crab, louis, mashed potatoes, green tomatoes, okra, south belly, macaroni, rigatoni, goulash, bonelli. I've cooked everything, man. I've cooked everything, man. I made them cowpokes sing, man. I made that dinner bell ring, man. I got plenty more hash to sling, man. Hell, I've cooked everything. Oh. Jam, chocolate mousse, berries, cherries, sauce, gravy, up goose, roast beef, lettuce, leaf, big BLT, tacos, enchiladas, nachos, extra cheese, chitlins, chitlins, baked Alaska plumbe, hot nuts, she got Cincinnati three-way. I've cooked everything, man. I've cooked everything, man. I, I need some oxygen, man. Oh, everything, man. I've plenty more hash to sling, man. Well, I've cooked everything. Oh, one more. Oh. Cupcakes, crab cakes, milkshakes, parmesan, a fruit, fun plate, lunch, lunch meat. If you want a sushi, fried rice, sweet and sour by the hour, coffee, toffee, iced tea, chocolate tower, pink feet, mint meat, banana pudding, so sweet. Come on, boys, grab a fork and let's eat. Oh. He's cooked everything, man. He's cooked everything, man. I made them cowpokes sing, man. I made that dinner bell ring, man. Is there any one thing that you never have cooked? Nope. I cooked everything. Riders in the sky, side feet. I've cooked everything. Didn't warn these guys, but Bobby loves to talk about recipes with our guests. So that fit right in. That fit right in. You know, we'd be kind of remiss to not talk a little bit about Toy Story and your Grammys. And uh, uh, Doug, how did that come about? Well, it was a, a complete surprise to us. As a, as we've heard the story, they were uh, discussing uh, the music for the movies and having a, a board meeting, and they uh, had Randy Newman had uh, written a, uh, a theme song for the fictional uh, 50s TV show that Woody originally starred in uh, in the script. And, uh, of course, you can imagine Randy Newman singing the song. They knew they had to get somebody. And they uh, said, we really need somebody with a cheesy 50s sound. 
and that can yodel. And so one of the producers was a fan. He said, oh, I know just the guys. And he downloaded some yodeling, and they looked around the table at each other with eyes as big as saucers and said, those are the guys. Oh, so they called us up, and we considered the offer for about an eighth of a second and said, yes. <laughs> That was too cool. So did uh, did yeah, you go to the opening of the movie or? So yeah, go yeah ahead. we went out to, to we went out to record in uh, in Los Angeles, and uh, we were in the studio there, and uh, met John Lasseter and all the Pixar people, and all the Disney people were there. And Randy was there, and we just had a great time recording. And Randy was Randy was great. He said you should. We said, how do you want us to arrange this? And he said, just do it how you do it. He said, I've heard your records. You know what you're doing. So just oh, do wow. that. So, so wow. that's basically arrangements, our arrangement. And um, when we sent them a demo and stuff, and they said, yep, that's the deal. So we went to spend a day in the studio in, in L.A. And, um, and caught a couple of different versions of it. And Randy was there. Randy put on my shaps <laughs> <laughs> and, was, and my hat and was was dancing around the studio, making lewd movements with his body. It was it was pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, and the Disney people were all worriedly looking at their laptops, and the Pixar people were saying, "This is great. We love this." So um, <laughs> it was fun. And then they had the premiere, uh, the premiere a, a few months later, and we all got to go out to the premiere. We took our families uh, and uh, walked the red carpet. It was great. Ranger Doug met had a had a wonderful moment with Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a great a great talk with Tom Hanks. It was so warm and loving. And he said, uh, "Whoa, the band, great job." <laughs> wow. Oh, what wow. fun! Wow. What fun! <laughs> well, that well, was my and long... then yeah. <laughs> Too slim. I think you've told a story about when you were. Were you in the green room? Was it uh, you were going to go out to receive your Grammy and you were sharing the green room with some rappers? Was it you? <laughs> you, you showed them how to play your face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I played my face for Eminem. Well, I'm a Michigan, I'm, I'm a Michigan kid, and he's a Michigan kid, so it was a great bond there. And um, yeah. <laughs> And, yeah. So, oh gosh. Yeah, he said everybody. Major Doug couldn't believe Beyonce's dress. He was, a, oh. he was amazed. Or what there, or what there was of it. <laughs> or what there was. Oh gosh. Well, let's get to, uh, one more song real quickly, and this is a beautiful song called Molly Darling, and we're just having a great time mm-hmm. listening to this today with Ranger Doug and Sue Slim. We'll be right back in just a moment on the Campfire Cafe. Won't you tell me, Molly, darling, that you love none else but me? I love you, Molly, darling. 
Yeah. So where can people get your music? Follow your tour schedule. Give us a website. Well, it's ridersinthesky.com. You might want to write it down. It's very complicated. Riders in the sky. It is a tough one to remember. Tough one to remember. <laughs> and, Riders uh, in the sky. Of course, com. All, all the music services, the you know, the where you get it digitally, uh, have it, and uh, any place that you can order CDs have it. And of course, you can especially order CDs from us directly. At much better to do it that com. way. Mm-hmm. I much better to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus, we have T-shirts, hats, bandanas. We have T-shirts, hats, bandanas, cacti's. Uh, If it's closed down, we stamp our name on it and sell it. (laughs) (laughs) And, Too Slim, you do all the packing and shipping yourself, don't you? You know, does Mick Jagger, is he sending out T-shirts for the Rolling Stones? You know, I don't think so. (laughs) When people order from Too Slim's Mercantile, they're getting Too Slim. There you go. There you go. Can't get much better. Can't get much better. better. You guys have absolutely been great. And uh, people that are listening around the world, if you want to share the show with your friends, they can go back and listen to it on our website or on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple. And you guys have been great. I was telling uh, telling Ranger Doug just before the show, you guys were actually on one year ago today and mm-hmm. so this may have just become a tradition or something it may be like yeah let's start a tradition <laughs> and riders in the sky you know kind of too. Well, anyway well, thanks so much beef for... cabbage yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, yeah corned uh, beef cabbage and riders in the sky all right there you go can't get much better well, we're going to close out this segment with the song cimarron and again thank you both for joining us today we appreciate it so much. We'll be right back. Thank you.
Well, it's time now for Saddle Up America on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Glenn Stewart today on Saddle Up America. run at the county fair Watched him lose a match race there Dumped his jockey at the start That little red horse was a little too smart Jumped like a deer and ran like a cat I said I had to have a horse like that A little red horse Oh, yeah. Followed him round to the backstretch road Where dreamers, thieves, and losers go Asked if that horse could be bought They said soon as we get in the car They said it's bread for speed to bring a heap I've seen him buck, I'll buy him cheap I bought a little red horse, cheap That little red horse had enough of being raised and treated rough He fought back because he could, I loved him because I understood And there were days I almost gave him up the horse But in the end I kept my little red And that horse could fight One day he just come around And kept all four feet on the ground We'd gallop everywhere we'd go I'd loop the reins and I'd never say whoa To my little red horse Get on now One thing my little red horse wouldn't do Never got where he'd take care of you But he could take care of himself, of course I'm sure glad I kept my little red horse Tennessee 
I'm your host, Gary Holt, and in Albuquerque, New Mexico, is our co-host, Bobby Bell. And we are going to welcome to the show now, Glenn Stewart, traveling all the way from Canada to be competing in Road to the Horse next week in Lexington, Kentucky. Hey, Glenn. Hey, Gary. How's it going? Good. Good, good. So how's the weather? Are you in Nebraska right now? I'm in Nebraska, yeah, Lincoln, Nebraska. How is your weather? Uh, it's good. It's o- it's overcast, sprinkles rain here and there, but pretty good. Good traveling. Well, good, good. I think somebody posted last week to me that it was like minus 22 or something. So that's oh, a little bit yeah. on the cold side. A little bit yeah. on the cold no, side. No, she's been pretty good. Pretty good. Up, up well, our way, it was even warmer than that. So. Oh, Great. That is great. I think spring is here. I mean, I'm I'm looking at trees blooming here in Nashville, and, and uh, there's just a great fresh smell in the air with life coming back and everything, so that's pretty cool. Well, tell us a little bit about how you got the invitation to Road to the Horse. Well, it was a little bit by uh, luck of the draw, I guess. Matt Mills was supposed to be there, and then he ended up having another competition that he needed to go to so they uh, needed to fill that spot and uh, give me a call and asked if I could get down there and and join this deal so I thought about it for a week and thought yeah I should do that so so yeah in the truck horses are loaded and we're headed that way we should be in Missouri tonight and tomorrow night we'll be in Lexington all right all right well, and we will see you in Lexington uh, just about a week from today. So we look forward to, to meeting you up there and having some fun. But uh, So for our listeners around the world who may not be familiar with uh, the Road to the Horse competition, can you kind of give us a little bit of an idea of what's going on there? You bet. Um, so it, what it is in a nutshell is a cold starting competition. You get... Uh, basically three hours to uh, an hour and a half one day and an hour and a half the next day and you get a horse that's that's not broke to ride and, and he hasn't been well they probably had a halter on him at some point but basically he's not broke to lead or or anything and so you've got an hour and a half one day and an hour and a half the next day to get him caught uh you know so he can handle him on the ground and you can saddle him and you can ride him walk trot canter and you're preparing him for a course um you've got to do rail work on the third day um and you get uh what is it less than an hour the third day to get him ready to go and then go do a course go over bridges open gates swing a rope drag things go over jumps um weave through obstacles and i from what i understand there'd be about five thousand people there watching so they're there in the stands clapping their hands and so you've kind of got to prepare this young colt to be able to uh yeah, be able to handle all that, and and of course you want a horse that that uh, ten years down the road you're you know you're you're preparing them for life, so you're you're getting ready. They just put you under a um, it's a judge competition, and you're judged on how you approach the horse and the demeanor of the horse, and you're judged on you know how the horse handles everything and how clear you are on your the way you communicate with the horse and you know, how the horse is handling it all and whatnot. So it's a pretty 
stringently judged uh, competition, and uh, there'll be four of us in it. Um, I'm the only one from Canada, and there's three um, other people from the United States that'll be in it. Starts Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is the finals. Wow. Well, it is going to be exciting, and uh, and Bobby, where are the horses coming from? Do you remember? Oh yes, the Four Sixes Ranch in. Um, you got Texas. that right that time. Around Guthrie, right. yes, I did get that right. I was waiting. I know. Hi, Glenn. Welcome to have you with us. So, do you Hi, get you. to choose? Do you get to choose? The horse, or I, I know yes. there there are this very selected um, small group from this mm-hmm. um, particular ranch. But how do you how do you and your horse get together initially? Yeah, so they uh, we draw chips actually, and they'll, they mm-hmm. I believe have eleven horses coming, and so the four of us will pick out of these eleven head of horses. We'll draw chips to see who gets to draw first, second, third, and fourth, and they will bring the horses in and move them around the arena for us in a big group. You know, they'll, just, they'll, they'll bring them in with saddle horses and, and chase the horses around. The thing, we watch for a couple of minutes and um, choose the number. You know, the horses will be numbered 1 to 11, and if we're first pick, well, then you pick what whichever horse that you want to pick, and, uh, and then, yeah, everybody picks their, their horses, and then um, then they'll put them in a round pen for us, and then that's the first time that we get to actually mm-hmm. go do anything mm-hmm. with the horses. When uh, Once that horse is in the pen and it starts, and we all start at the same time, four of us will be starting with the young horses all at the same time and go in there and see what kind of horse you pick. So what will you, so my, what will you be looking – I'm sorry. That's all right. You're going to ask I what just, I was going to ask. Uh, okay. Well, you can ask it then. <laughs> go ahead, well, Carrie. Yeah. So, Glenn, uh, what will you be looking for in a colt? Man, that's a really a good question. Um, there's so many ways to to go with this, and um, you know, you can if you're there's so many ways to go with this. Look, if you're going to pick a horse that you want to take home. And that's generally what I do as <laughs> I pick a yeah. horse that I go, and I might not be going to take him home, but I go, you know what? I really like the build of that horse. I really like the way he moves. So you can watch these horses. They're not out there very long, so you don't get a whole lot of time to watch, and they are just come out in a big herd, and they're all mixed together, and there's horses in the middle and up front and on the sides and at the back, and they're running around. And so you kind of – you're watching a lot of things. You're looking to see which horse is out front, which horse is at the back, what is your horse that seems to want to hide in the center. Um, uh-huh. When the cowboys move those horses up, do they uh, – which horses – stay at a trot which horses pop into a canter real easy i like to watch to see which horse will pop into a canter Mm. real easy and when he pops into a canter and he's moving to the right they're just free and nobody's you know nobody's touching them they're just cowboys and horses but if they're moving those horses to the right and they bump them up a a gear do they you know which ones grab a right lead because they're going to the right and which ones are cross firing and which ones are counter cantering so i'm looking at to see what they're doing with their their feet and and how easily do they go from the trot to the canter and then i'm watching to see what their backs are doing and and uh if i you know i'm looking to see that that horse looks like he's going to be real smooth to ride like it'd be a real pleasure to ride and that who that horse looks he looks like he might really jar your teeth out uh, mm-hmm. i'm looking to see is your saddle going to stay on that horse because they're three-year-olds so they they've 
they, right. you know, they're big, big, strong horses, but some horses, uh, they'll have a little more wither or their, you know, their backs are all different. So you look and see, well, which one's going to, uh, you believe is going to hold the saddle real nice. So you don't have to cinch them all up real tight. You, you know, your saddle stay on good. I'm looking to see where he's carrying his head. Is his head way up in the air? Is his eyes all bugged out? You know, like he's real nervous. Yeah. Um, is he a real squirty horse? And sometimes you pick these horses on purpose. Like I always pick ones that I think move nice and free and the saddle's going to fit them and they're good looking horses. But you can have one that has all those deals, but he's real quiet and he looks like he'd be really easy to start. And then there's other ones you look at. You know, He's got all these good oh God. things, but he doesn't. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't look like he's going to be easy to start. He's probably going to buck, and you know. So you and uh, you know, you you make that decision before you get there. And go, yeah, I'm going to pick a real tough one, you know, or, or I'm going to pick a real easy one. Um, everybody's different in their thought pattern, no one, And if you're going to this event, any event that you go to, for me, anyways, any event that I go to, um, I always ask myself, well, why? So when they said, do you want to go to? Would you? Would you be able to come to Road to the Horse Glen and would you compete in there? And I've been down there 10 years ago and, and competed in it. And, and so whenever I'm making a decision on something, I always say to myself, well, why am I? Why would I do this? What would be the point of me going to Road to the Horse? What would be the point of me doing going to the Calgary Stampede? Whatever I'm going to do. I always right, ask myself right. this question, why? And so for the heck of it, why do you think some people, you guys can answer for me, I'll give you my answer after, but why do you think people might go to any competition, road to the horse or whatever? What are some reasons do you think that so there's no right or wrong answers, by the way. <laughs> Just, uh... I, I would think there would be, I would think there would be no money at all involved in this thing. No, exactly. No, <laughs> no money, no, no honor, yep. no recognition. Mm-hmm. Yep. Bobby, okay, what about so... you? In, 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 as to why you would, when you ask yourself that what? question, why why you decided to to accept the invitation, is that what we're going for there? Well, we're just, um, why do you, you know, what are some reasons that people might want to go to this or some other competition? You know, you know, there's, there's millions of competitions. Why? Sure. What are some reasons well, I, you think that people I, might want to do it? I would think as a as a professional, it's also part of. Um, kind of building your resume you have the horse ranch um it you're in your home in canada you do a lot of work with clients and their horses and so it gives you national and international exposure kind of gets your name out there to folks that maybe aren't aware of you yet so um and it's it's um giving you the opportunity to to meet all of the people involved with this um with this, including the other, the other competitors. So I, I would think that it's sort of a feather in your cap, whether you're, whether you're the winner or not, just to participate, mm-hmm. it's sort of a, a mm-hmm. Tony event, you know? So, yeah. and I would think it'd be really fun that it would be exactly yeah. the kind of thing that you would really just enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, to all of those things. So both you and Gary, that, 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 that those things are all correct. What I would add to that, that, that I, this is what I do whenever I go somewhere. I ask that question, why would I go to it? And, and uh, you can put a lot of pressure on yourself in one of these deals. Like, you know, some mm-hmm. really good, competent people that are coming to it. And um, I want to have a lot of fun, period. So mm-hmm. pretty much every mm-hmm. sentence yeah. since I said I was going, pretty much everybody 
if they said, oh, what are you going to do here? What are you going to do? What are you going to do with this? I would say whatever. And then at the end of my sentence, I would say, well, Andrew's going to be a lot of fun. I am going to have a lot of fun. I keep saying that because it's really important to me. But the reason I, that I said, you know what, I, I need to do this is because it's a chance to improve. So mm-hmm. you can do a lot of things to prove or you can do a lot of things to improve. You can do the exact same yeah. thing, actually. You can do the. Mm-hmm. You can compete at Calgary. You can compete at Robot Horse. You can compete at whatever, and you can go there because I'm going to prove something or I'm going to improve. And so, <clears throat> if I go there from the standpoint that I'm going there to improve, then um, it's a completely different experience um, for me, and it's a completely different experience for my horse. It's a different experience for the people that are around me. Um, if I go there with the idea that I'm going to prove this or I'm going to prove that, and that doesn't by any means say that I don't want to win. That's not what that says at all. I am a hundred percent want to win, but I'm going there with the idea that I just want to improve. Like, and I think of all the different things that happen in the, that will happen and have already happened. I'm not even there yet. And all the things that I've done to prepare to get there. And I think of all the things that are going to happen at the show. And, and I'm now I'm having an interview with you guys that you know, I didn't expect to have. And so uh, all these things are a chance to improve. Like you're actually can get better from all of these things. So we're starting a cult and I've done thousands of them. However, um, it doesn't matter. You can't be too good at these things. There's no way to be too good mm-hmm. at all this stuff. And so the more I improve and the better I get, everybody that's around me benefits from it. So uh, mm-hmm. everybody is benefiting. So we're not even there yet, and there's already benefits. So I've got Jasmine in the truck that's helping me get down with the horses. So she's seeing and having to deal with me and put up with me all the way down there. And uh, <laughs> her mom's at home, and she's she's mapping out everywhere we're staying on the way down there. And I've got other staff that's calling and doing things on the way down. But And then we're all meeting um, in um, Lexington and they're coming to the thing a lot of them for the very first time they've never seen this show so they're coming there for the very first time and they're going to be part of the show and they'll be help with the booth and they're going to see what I go through because i got to do demos there and i got to do a clinic there so I'm preparing my horse for that and you know, there's, they said oh you can have music and all this and I said oh my goodness i got to get all that stuff ready and i got to get my horses down there and I want to get them in one piece and it's a yeah, it's yeah. five days of driving to get down there with the horses, so got to keep them healthy and and uh, you know just whatever goes on. But and then after the show's over and done with, regardless of what happens, I'm going to be that much better. I'm going to be that smart, much smarter. I've improved that much in in a bazillion different ways, and I take that back home to me to Canada and and wherever I go in the world, that goes with me, and so it's mm-hmm. it just trickles out to people forever. So it's a it's a chance to improve, and that is basically the biggest reason because i know the better i can get and learn and at anything whatever it is talking to you guys whatever it is other people will benefit from it i'm benefiting horses will benefit people benefit so that's the biggest driver for me it's a little bit like that term um what is it diamonds cut diamonds you know when you're around really high caliber performers, which you all are, the four of you, you're all potentially, you know, you'll all get better because, Mm -hmm. because you're all already so strong and being able to observe and see what each of you do is just gives you some more opportunity to, to continue to grow, which is exactly what you were just saying. Yeah. Really interesting. Yeah. 
What's what's yeah. the best piece of horsemanship advice you ever got, Glenn? <laughs> um, take care of your horsemanship, and your horsemanship will take care of you. If you if you are doing pretty good true, piece of advice. What I, yeah. What I, what what I would suggest is what I consider to be true horsemanship. If you're really truly working on what I would call true horsemanship, your horsemanship will take care of you. So, you know, I just I knew I liked, you know, I was very passionate about horses. I knew I was going to have horses in my life forever, and I knew I'd, uh, you know, just be riding them. And, and I had a, you know, a lot of experience with horses. And I thought, well, I should learn some more about horses. I've spent years and years and years and months and months and months riding horses, you know, all day long. But I should learn some more stuff about horses. And as I did, doors started opening. So as I put effort into my horsemanship, the doors started opening. Road to the horse is a door. That's, a, that's an open door. Um, yeah. And so as I put effort into my horsemanship, you know, I get to go to Brazil and Vienna and Costa Rica and ride in the beaches and do learning holiday adventures with people. And, you know, we take people to the mountains for three weeks, one to three weeks, you know, beach vacations every winter, Brazil, riding Blue Satanos, Vienna and go to the Spanish riding school. And so people join me and go on these trips all over the place. But um, all these doors open because I took care of my horsemanship, not because not because I was like, oh, man, I really want to compete at Road to the Horse. Yes, I do, and it's fantastic. But it, that's not how I got here, by phoning them and asking. And I didn't even have it on my list. I got here because I took care of my horsemanship. So somebody tells somebody, somebody tells somebody else. Pretty soon you're you're at the Calgary Stampede or you're somewhere. But um, probably the biggest, craziest things that have happened in my life in the last 25 years is simply because I focused on my horsemanship, not because I focused on Vienna or Costa Rica, I, they weren't even on my radar. The only thing I was focused on or interested in was getting better with horses. Wow. Wow. Well, we're going to take a quick break and listen to a song by Mr. Dave Munsett called Hope the Horses Run, and we're going to come back and talk more with Glenn Stewart today on Saddle Up America. Night has come, and day is through, down at the gate, they wait for you, on golden grass, in silver light, hope the horses run, in your dreams tonight. Jingling up the evening trail On magic wings across the sky Hope the horses are running in your dreams tonight Buckskins and ronies, ruyos and grays On those that fall just like gentle rain
say goodnight Go to sleep Turn out the light Hope the horses run In your dreams tonight Close up your eyes now You can see Across the hills out Into your dreams Believe in them And then they can fly Hope the horses run In your dreams tonight Our friend Mr. Dave Munsick And the song is Hope the Horses Run we're talking with Glenn Stewart today. He is a Canadian trainer competing in Road to the Horse next week at Lexington, Kentucky at the Kentucky Horse Park. And, uh, Glenn, tell us just a little bit about your operation in Canada. Uh, well, I've got what I call the horse ranch up in Canada, and I live right on the banks of a, a big river there, so we're right on the top, and then... Behind us, behind us is all wild country, all um, uh, moose and deer and bears running around back there. So I border up against that. So we got some real good riding. People um, come from there from all over the world, and we do the month of June. People can come there for four days up to the basically the whole month. They can come and do follow the stages program. I've got a stages program that that people can work their way through on their you know, working on their horsemanship. They want to work on their horsemanship. They can follow the stages program. And uh, so we do that there in the summertime just for the month. And then uh, a lot of the year I'm gone doing clinics on the road uh, all over down in the States and and uh, Costa Rica, Brazil, um, Austria, across Canada, wherever, running around doing uh, <clears throat> clinics. Um, and in the wintertime at home, we've got... Uh, I've got a heated indoor arena, so people bring their horses there, and they come and do what we call front row seating. So they spend 10 days with their horse, or like say some people fly in from somewhere else and they lease a horse and they can do front row seating. So I'm starting colts and riding some of my better horses, and they're there, can watch all the stuff I'm doing with and doing Liberty with three horses or whatever they get to watch out, or maybe I'm starting a real tough colt that all he can think about is bucking and they get to see how I got to deal with that. So that's a little bit uh, behind the scenes sort of a thing. They get to uh, come and watch and, and play with the horse. So we do that there at the ranch. And then uh, I've got, uh, I mentioned that learning holiday adventures. Um, So when I was 17, I went to work for an outfitter and uh, it's a hundred miles from the nearest road. You drive about three hours in the middle of nowhere uh, and then from the middle of nowhere, you it's another 100 miles into the bush, so you're a little bit oh, wow. in the middle of nowhere. There's no drive, there's no fences or roads or phones or nothing back. You're just way back in the mountains there in Canada, B.C., and um, <clears throat> so I'd spend 100 days of the year back in there working with horses, and the horses are wild horses that live uh, they're raised there in the mountains and the and the studs there and the mares there and the babies are born out there and so we would round up horses every year 
and there'd always be around 200 and some head of horses that were loose in that area running around. We'd wow. bring them in and work with the horses and, you know, get them foot broken, halter broken, break them to ride and everything. And every year there's more colts, you know, more horses turning two or three years old. And so we, we have to round up all those, find those horses. Cause there's, like I said, no fences. So they're scattered just anywhere. You start riding up mountain valleys and look for horses, find them and then try to, try to herd them as best you can. And back to, to the corrals that we have at the at our main camp there and uh, bring the horses into there and <clears throat> work with horses. So it was such a big experience for me. Like it was such a life changing experience doing that for a hundred days of the year and rounding up those horses, galloping down the side of mountains and over windfall and your saddle horse would tip over and on roll down the hill. Cause you're just flying, trying to cut these wild horses <laughs> off and she would roll and you'd dive left but hang on to your reins because when everybody gets back up again you want to still have a horse so you're not walking yeah get back on and away you go and yeah around these horses up my great uncle he would always say you know when i the very first time i went in there at 17 he said uh go find some horses Uh, you know go find some round them up and bring them in and don't come back unless you have horses in front of you uh what do you mean he said if you don't have horses in front of you stay out under a tree and stay out there but don't come back to camp unless you bring in some of these wild horses in so you didn't really have a choice either bring horses in or sleep under a tree uh, (laughs) so was your family your family was involved in this and that's how you got into it my great uncle owned owned this area and uh so it was through him that i got doing it so i started doing that working there every year and it was a hundred days of the year you'd be riding a horse eight to 12 hours a day through that country in the mountains and crossing rivers and trailing horses and rounding up and foot breaking and starting colts and whatever, whatever needed to be done there. And, uh, I pretty much did that. I think I've missed one year in my life. So I've been going there for 30 some years. And now my daughters, Carson and Keeley, uh, they were, they've been going in there since they were, uh, three and five three years old, Not five years old, I've been taking them in there. And so they're 23 and 25 now. So for 20 years, I've been taking my daughter back in there and they've been trailing all over the mountains with me. They're coming to road to the horse. So my youngest is going to be my pen wrangler. My oldest one is going to be helping at the booth. So they, they, I don't think they've ever missed any event or show that I've done. So they're flying in from wow. one's in Arizona down there. She was at a horse sale and starting horses and the other one's flying in from at home and uh, so they're coming down to give me a hand um and then uh yeah so we got that learning so so it was such an experience to me that i thought i got to take other people in here because you know you just wouldn't get in there wouldn't know about it most people wouldn't go do it by themselves you know just so i i set up a trip so i could take people into the mountains and experience this you know not the running the wild horses and all that but they could just come up there and we give them good quiet horses to ride Although some right. of my students uh, are very handy, and, and, and so they, they'll say, well, give me as much as I can handle, and I'll give them, well, the one fella, uh, I give him four colts to start. and uh, But we've done that in the past, too. I'll, 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 some of my students, I'll give them colts to start, and they... And I'll say, you need to be riding them tomorrow. And, and then we're, you know, in three days, we're going to ride wow. them to the mountains on them. So get them ready. <laughs> wow. And, uh, but wow. it's a place that you can't take. It's a place like no other. You can't. There's no other place that I've been in the world that has 
wild horses running around that you can run a hundred head of horses in the in the corral and then and you can just hand out horses to people and say here you take these and you take those and um so students will come up there and they want to really expand their horsemanship or and, and it's a learning holiday adventure so we get some people that go no no i just want to ride the quietest horse ever and i say good we got some of those we got the quietest uh-huh. ranch or, or trail horse you could ever sit on no problem so we give them a really horse that'll just 100 percent take care of them in the mountains and then we've got the other people like i say that uh one of my clients he he started over 100 horses already this year um over wow. in denmark so he comes over and, and he goes like pour it to me give me give me everything you can i can handle so he'll he's on the other end of the spectrum but um like i say it's a learning holiday adventure so they can go full tilt or they can go easy and sit there at the book and take notes and drink coffee and then and just have their horse ready to go when we go for when we leave camp and go for a ride and uh the rides are even numbered as the years went by i numbered the the rides from one to ten and so i'll take everybody out on a three or something and i'll say hey okay we go out and do a three we come back and i tell everybody okay that's what a, that's what a three is and they go oh jesus and some of them go oh, i love that go, okay, we do like a six. Ski trail. And people go yeah <laughs> some are going to three like a diamond run on a ski on trail yeah <laughs> and uh so the anyways and then we've uh, got a whole horse program up there where the horses are rated so as we get them trained further and further a five is basically you could shove anybody on a five and and he'd take care of them in the mountains um yeah so there's a whole whole program there that we do and uh, we do that every year we're headed back up again this year for three weeks and then i've got costa rica learning holiday adventure and it's uh you're given a horse there and, and we start at a ranch play around at a ranch the horse gets to know the horses do some stuff and then we start uh go down to this huge waterfall it's the highest one in central america i believe is what the i think it's central america it's the highest and uh, we anyways go down to there and swim in the pools and then ride out of the jungle and, and end up a amazing uh, uh resort and uh stay at the resort and go down to the beach and the pools and restaurants spend a couple of days there then they mount up and they ride to the next resort and go down the beaches and through the roads and we spend another couple of days at another resort and kind of do that for the whole trip spend two days kind of here there and they ride down from resort to resort hang with the beaches and wow. so they're learning their holiday in and they're uh having some adventure and uh same with brazil we having go a great to time brazil, but the, yeah brazil just we go to this one ranch and we stay at this ranch and and ride the horses that are there beautiful facility beautiful horses and we spend 10 days there riding around and, and uh, playing with the horses and go go out for a few tours not on horses but just in the van we go and look at some cool things there in brazil so yeah that's kind uh, of my year Bobby, i'm around. getting the yeah i'm getting the feeling that uh that glenn kind of enjoys what he does what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd, I'd love him to um, tell us what gets him up in the morning. Mm. Well, um, I've kind of been talking about it a little bit is uh, in a roundabout way. What gets me up in the morning for sure is those adventures that I started having when I was 17 and on how much changed me forever. Like even on the way down here, I was telling Jasmine about it. She's riding here helping me and stuff. And I was telling her about some of the stories that went on in the mountains and, and what my uncle expected us to do, but what it brings out in you because the experiences that you have to go, when I tell the stories to people, they go, 
well, why didn't you quit? Like, what, what, how, how come you did this? How, you know, and, and I, and I said, well, I don't remember it entered my mind to quit and thank gosh, I never, because it uh, kind of, it brought out stuff you would never guess is in there. And so part of what I believe true horsemanship does is does that for people just by doing the horsemanship, it brings out stuff in people that they didn't know was in there that needs to be gone. Some of it, and mm-hmm. some of it needs to be stronger. Mm-hmm. And, and then, um, and then these adventures that we do all over the place, especially the mountain one, that that shakes people up like nobody's business. And we've got a great video. We just put one out, actually, of some people saying the things that they experienced up there and how much it changed them. You know, they're there for one week and they've never experienced anything remotely like it. No other holiday, no other thing that they've ever done has changed them like that does. So those are the things that get me up because that's what my great uncle did for me. Not because he was planning on it, just who he was. He just set things up. He would ask you to do things that I thought were no possible. I'd never done them. I'd never seen them done. I didn't have a clue what what to do first, second or third, but he would just expect you to do it and, and send you off. And so I'm doing sort of like that, but much softer. (laughs) I'm taking care of many of the, the stuff, but I'm still the environment in the mountains, but even going to Brazil and Costa Rica, but especially the mountains, the environment there, just the environment takes care of a lot of the stuff, just being there and seeing the vastness of the country and, you know, 80, 100 head of horses in a corral, biting and kicking and fighting over the salt. And, and you got to go catch your horse out of there and, and watching us work with them wild stud that's up there. And just the environment people get to experience horsemanship and uh, they just come out of their view in life very, very differently. So, and that's wow. what really, I really enjoy doing that. I really making that available to people. Wow. Well, it's a, it sounds like a wonderful life that you develop for yourself there. And uh, yeah. Yeah. the world championship of coat starting takes place March 24th through the 27th in Lexington, Kentucky, at the Kentucky Horse Park. And so Glenn will be competing with Brandy Lyons, Mike Major, Pat Relly. And uh, how much money is it, it, uh, is it in the pot there, do you know? Um, I think we all I think we all get 20 bucks. $20? <laughs> that should buy lunch or something. <laughs> no. Won't buy gas. <laughs> Won't buy gas. <laughs> The, the overall purse is a hundred thousand. Um, okay, I thought that that's they about what caught it was. up. Yeah, <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah, no, they've uh, really upped the thing. It's it's a very prestigious event, and uh, um, yeah, they really run a good a good show there. And, and everything's about the horse. The whole judging thing, everything is like you can be disqualified in a heartbeat if you if they figure you did anything um, too harsh or tough or anything on the horse. They kick you out of there and so you've got to you know you really got to everything is it's all it's all about the horse and trying to do is you know the right thing and um so it's a great event yeah well we're looking forward to seeing you up there i think mary Kay and i are coming up on uh friday morning and so we'll be there for all of saturday and sunday and rooting for you and be by your by your booth to visit with you and also be at the Mustang Heritage Foundation booth visiting with people as well. So give us your website. Definitely. That's a 
get get together. Yeah. Yeah. The horseranch.com. The horseranch.com. Yeah. And on Facebook and stuff for Glenn Stewart Horsemanship, you can find us there, Glenn Stewart Horsemanship, or the horseranch.com is the website. And then we're coming to Nashville after, too, so we'll be coming down to your country. So a bunch of us are hanging around for four days, and we're going to go down there and let our hair down, come and listen to music. All right. We'll have to we'll have to meet up with you down here, too, so that'll be a lot of fun. Well, you have been a yeah. great guest. Thanks for taking the time to share with us a little bit about Road to the Horse and a whole lot about what your life is like there in Canada. And uh, Be sure and check out his website. I'm kind of thinking that might be a fun place to come visit sometime myself. Yeah. So, well, I appreciate the yeah. opportunity, uh, Gary. At the, yeah, real real uh, nice to chat with you guys, and uh, we'll be looking forward to seeing you at Road to Course. Well, we'll see you up there. We're going to listen to a great song from my wife, Mary Kay Holt. It's one called Horse Lover. And, uh, Glenn, we'll see you at Road to the Horse in just a little over a week. Thanks so much for being with us. Very good, Gary. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Grass ain't six bucks a bale now. Backseat is up again. The beans and ramen noodles are the same. The shoe is wanting cash now and grass is getting thin. But the pasture's starting back now from that rain. Payments aren't too bad on my fancy two-horse plant. Sure is dandy hobbing to the trail. I'm living in a single wire to afford the things I can. Just found another vet bill in the mail. I'm pulling on to the end of my road. As long as I've got horses, I've got horses. I've got one of those hearts that don't beat to a drummer. It just gallops along because I'm a horse lover.
share with you as well during the Saddle of America segment. So a lot of fun coming up. And uh, again, we want to thank all of you for joining us today on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network, the Campfire Cafe, and Saddle Up America. And because it's St. Patty's Day, uh, I thought we might just wrap up the show today with a great song from our friends Don Edwards and Waddy Mitchell. It's called Annie Laurie, Bad Half Hour. Classic. Bobby, we'll see you next week on the radio. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you. And the same to you. Have a great week. Thanks so much. Maxwell's braids are bunny Where he falls the dew And t'was there that Annie Lodi Gave me her promise true Gave me promise true never forget please but for Bonnie I love you I'd lay me do and deep I wonder why I feel so restless, that old moon is shining still and bright. Cattle all resting easy, but can't sleep tonight. Ain't no cactus in my blankets, I don't know why they feel so hard, unless it's warbling Jim singing Annie Laurie out on guard. Annie Laurie. I sure wish she'd quit it, I couldn't sleep now if I tried, makes the night seem big and lonesome and my throat feels sore inside how my Annie used to sing it it sounded good and gay all those nights I'd drive her home from dances when the east was turning gray yes her brow was like the snowdrift her eyes like quiet streams And her face I still can see it Much too frequent in my dreams And her hand was soft and trembling That night underneath when I couldn't help but tell her She was all the world to me But her folks said I was restless Wild Unsettled is right, you see. 
Well, I lean to punching cattle. I'm at it still tonight. They say she married young Doc Wilkins. Lord, but that was hard. Sure wish that fool would quit that singing of Annie Laurie out there on guard. Oh, I just can't stand thinking of the things that happened then. Good old days, they're all past me. Never seen to come again. What's that? My turn already. All right, I'll come to running part. Could you warm me up some coffee? At least I'll stop old Jim from singing Annie Laurie all night out there on guard. Max Weldon's braids are bunny where he falls the dew and was there that Annie Laurie gave me her promise true gave me I'd lay 